Hello and welcome to the Light from Light podcast. My name is Brother Thomas Therese. I'm a Dominican friar and a son of the English province. And today I'd like to reflect on something that we had as our gospel reading fairly recently. It's from Mark chapter 4. Jesus said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under the bushel basket or under the bed and not on the lampstand? For there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give will be the measure you get, and still more will be given you. For those who have, more will be given, and from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The purpose of a lamp is to enlighten, it's to provide light, and this is why you do not hide it. But of course, in Jesus' day, lamps always had a flame, and so therefore they also had a, a, a certain warmth to them. Light is clearly something good, and so is heat. You know, light helps us to see, it brings us security, it draws our eyes. Heat keeps us warm when we're cold, it brings us comfort. And it's attractive, we instinctively look at things which are bright. We feel at home when we are warm and cosy. So why then would we hide or conceal something which is good? But we do, don't we? And there's a true sadness when we not only hide our own light, but deny the light and the truth and the goodness in others, when we deny warmth to others. When we do this, we deny the world hope. We deny something which is from God. What is this light which we are to put on the lampstand? What is this warmth with which we are to warm others? Is it not Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the light which enlightens every human being, the light which has the power to transform every human person and shine out? The preacher tries to be that lampstand from which the light of Christ shines out and every Christian person is called to preach in one way or another. Jesus, after declaring himself in John's Gospel to be the light of the world, the one who bears true witness to himself, rebukes the Pharisees for judging according to the flesh. Jesus says, You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. The Pharisees, then, are those who do not see the world as illumined by Christ. Instead, they want to hide the light under a bushel. Yet Christ will be the light shining from the lampstand of the cross, and the world will forevermore be bathed in his light. Nothing makes sense apart from being illumined by him. We are then called to see not as the world sees, as the Pharisees see, but to see in the light of Christ, in the light of divine providence. You know, God makes many people saints in ways which may seem strange. He uses the weak to shame the proud and the strong. Look at the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee says, thank God, Lord, I am not like that man. But that man was justified in the sight of the Lord, and the Pharisee was not. Look at Christ's crucifixion. Here is a man stripped naked, who can't move himself because he is nailed to the cross. He's mocked and humiliated as a criminal, publicly shamed. And yet he redeemed and transformed the world by his love. He changed people's lives. He transforms people by his grace. Grace which comes from the cross. 
The cross is the lampstand of Christ, our light, and this is the moment the world is bathed in light. Sure, if we see as the Pharisees see, if we judge according to the flesh, this seems as though the darkness is victorious. But in the light of the resurrection, who can say that that is true? One of my heroes is blessed uh, Jean-Joseph Letasse, the Dominican from the 19th century, who in the 1860s, I think it was 1866, preached to a group of convicted women. He was dreading preaching to them, actually. He saw them according to the flesh, like the world sees. At first, he did not see the, the meaning or sense behind the lives of these convicted women because he did not see them in the light of Christ. Society and even religious people had taught him that they were undesirables, shown to be unlovable, not only in word by what they said about these women, but also in how these women were treated. And yet, those who have been public humili publicly humiliated and shamed, their light shone out. They had been transformed by Christ's light through the preaching of Blessed Latast. Christ's light dwelt within them. Latas told them that God loves them. He told them that they're redeemed. He told them that Christ died for love of them to save them. And he gave them hope for their future. He said, God does not look on what you have done. He looks on what you are. And so against the odds, and with much opposition from religious as much as from anyone else, he founded a group of Dominican nuns who still exist today, the community of Bethany. Half of the sisters were to be convicted women, those he called the rehabilitated, and half those who had never been convicted. And the interesting, well, one of the many interesting parts about it is that nobody knew which one was which. Nobody knew which sister was the one who had been convicted and which sister had not been. In prayer, when he was in the prison, Latast reflected on Jesus's visit to the home of Mary and Martha, and he found that in the gospel, Jesus preferred Mary Magdalene, the repentant sinner, to Martha, who was, in Latast's words, of inviolable virtue. And does not the gospel tell us that there's more rejoicing over one repentant sinner than the 99 who are righteous? But do we live this truth? Would someone look at how we treat sinners and see the light of Christ, the warmth of Christ, shine out of us? When was the last time we prayed for prisoners? or for the conversion of sinners. Letas tells us, she who had been a sinner had advanced further in the way of divine love than Martha, the model of virtue. Happy are those whose past urges them onto a greater love, and happy those others who, in a sort of rivalry, redouble their own efforts in order to not be left behind. Isn't Letas right? Does Jesus himself not tell us in Luke's gospel that there was a certain moneylender who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50? When they could not pay, he cancelled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon Peter answered, The one I suppose for whom he cancelled the larger debt. And Jesus said to him, You have judged rightly. And a little while later he says, Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. There are the parables where stewards do not forgive people their debts. And then Jesus comes back, well, in the parable, the person who is representing God, the person who represents Jesus comes back and punishes the one who has been unforgiving, who has exacted every coin, every penny from the people who owed them a debt, 
even though their debts had been forgiven. This is what uh, St. Paul is talking about in uh, Romans 2 when he talks about people who presume mercy for themselves but then deny mercy for others. The problem then, I think, very often with Christian ethics today is that too often there is nothing distinctively Christian about it at all. We hide behind prudence and prejudice to live in comfort, avoiding those who we find difficult or the uns of society, the unloved, the unwanted, the great unwashed. And we avoid the difficult but the right thing to do, avoiding people we judge by the flesh, people we judge to be undesirable, unwanted, unlovable. And we pretend that mercy and forgiveness are abusive virtues to avoid fulfilling the gospel command. So then do we really believe in repentance and redemption as a Christian people? Do we really believe in transformation by God's grace? Do we let that light shine out? Or do we fall under the condemnation of Romans 2, presuming mercy for ourselves but denying it for others? Oh, I haven't been that bad, Lord. Oh, I am truly changed, Lord. I I would never do this again, Lord. You know, I completely regret everything that I've done. But that person is clearly unrepentant. Letas brings to light a problem. Dishonoured in the past but long ago rehabilitated before God, they must now be rehabilitated before humanity. They must be saved out of love for him who said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save what was lost. They must be saved not only from their past dishonour, but also from future reoffending. Latast and his sisters were enlightened by, enlightened with that light of Christ, and hope came to dwell, to dwell amongst them. That Lumen Christi, which reverberates through the church at Easter, through the Paschal Church. Latas not only saw these women in the light of Christ, he saw the light of Christ radiate out from these women, and he refused to allow their light to be hidden underneath the bushel. So then, the measure you give out in mercy, forgiveness, and charity will be the measure you get. If we have little charity for others, even what little charity we have will be taken from us. But if we have much charity for others, then we, then we will be given more. So then, may we be illumined and enlightened by Christ the true light, which enlightens every human being. Illumine us, Lord, like you illumined blessed Latast. Set us alight with your charity, Lord, that we may be that lampstand from which your light and warmth radiates out, shines out in the darkness. And grant us, Lord, the grace, if we do not love sinners, not to preach to them, but to preach to ourselves. May God bless you.